she assures me that she will work with me to make sure I have the skills that I need so that I can handle this trip because it's on a river. I've never been on a river. I'm super, super new. Everything about this scares me. Welcome to the Paddle Sports Lifestyle, where we invite you to dare to dream and embrace adventure. I'm your host, Kim Peek, and together with my friends, we'll help you discover new horizons and push the limits of what's possible. In season one, I'm gearing up for my biggest challenge yet, the MR340, a grueling 340-mile paddle race along the Missouri River. But before I embark on this epic journey, I'm going to need to learn everything about the world of paddling. Learn along with me so you can find your own epic adventure on the water. Hey, welcome back to the show. If you've been following along, you know that I am taking on the MR340, a 340-mile kayak race along the Missouri River as a relatively new paddler. I got a roof rack installed, I picked up the kayak, but I'm incapable of loading or unloading the kayak even with my expensive roof rack system. And since I got the kayak, I have taken it out on the water exactly one time. Now, that's not as bad as it sounds. I've had my kayak for 12 days so far, but because of work and weather, I have had to wait for other opportunities to get out on the water next. I made plans to meet a friend last weekend and eagerly awaited the time for our paddle date. But I was super disappointed when an alert showed up on my phone telling me that we had a wind advisory with gusts of wind that would be 20 to 30 miles an hour with occasional gusts of 45 miles an hour. Disappointed, I opted for safety and canceled. So I'm disappointed I wasn't able to get on the water yesterday, but I have a lot to look forward to in the weeks ahead. The morning after my first outing, Christy from Paddle KC called to find out how it went. Her enthusiasm for kayaking is contagious, and I found myself getting so impatient for warmer weather so that I can spend my days, well, and nights too, probably mostly nights since I have to work, but so I could spend my time on the water. As I'm talking to Christy, she convinces me to go on a river kayak camping trip with the group in a few weeks. She assures me that she will work with me to make sure I have the skills that I need so that I can handle this trip because it's on a river. I've never been on a river. I'm super, super new. Everything about this scares me, but I'm also excited. So I'm excited to go because I've been wanting to kayak camp ever since I saw that guy do the kayak packing demo at Canacopia. So in the meantime, I had to start browsing Amazon. I know that there are a lot more things that I need for my boat. And now I am also camping. Just as I didn't have any kayaking gear, I also do not own a single thing that a person would take on a camping trip. Not a single thing. When I met Danny from NRS, he mentioned that he wanted to sponsor me. So that was super cool and awesome news because I have a lot of stuff that I have to buy. So I was able to place an order with NRS, and they paid for a lot of gear. Here's what was in my NRS order. My NRS order included an SPF hat and some long-sleeved SPF shirts. You want a fabric that is a wicking fabric so that any moisture doesn't sit on your skin. You want to stay dry and warm. So I ordered a lightweight fabric shirt called the Women's Silkweight Hoodie that can be used in the heat of summer so that I'm not getting sunburned 
during the MR340. Protecting your skin from the sun is going to be a big, big deal because how the water reflects the sun and hands, ears, any exposed part will get sunburned. So that's important. So I got some pieces that that would work for that. I also got some pieces that fall into the splash wear category. They are not a dry suit or a wet suit, but as long as I'm not falling in the water, they're going to keep me dry and warm. The jacket I got is called the NRS Women's High Tide Splash Jacket, and the description says the lightweight, hyprotex material provides waterproof, breathable protection. Along with that, I got the NRS Women's Endurance Splash Pant, and the website says it's constructed with the same hyprotex material, a lightweight technical fabric that breathes freely and repels water. While we're on the topic of outerwear, let's talk about the difference between a wetsuit and a dry suit. I already said that what I ordered was in the splashwear category, which is in neither of these categories. In the last episode, I shared a hypothermia table. And I want to mention this again because if you're starting out early in the season or you plan to kayak year-round, you should be aware of the water temperatures. When, for example, when water is between 32 and 40 degrees, you have just 15 to 30 minutes to get out of the water before exhaustion or unconsciousness set in. The expected time of survival if you don't get out of the water and start warming up your body is 30 to 90 minutes. So falling into water also takes your breath away. And even if you are confident in your swimming abilities, you need to have weather-appropriate clothing on. And you need to have practiced self-rescue. When it comes to practicing self-rescue, I've had a number of experienced paddlers tell me that they practice at the end of every training session. There are lots of videos online that you can watch that show different ways to get back into your boat if you capsize, but you should be prepared and practicing should be part of your routine. And this is another reason why new paddlers should not go out in the water for the first time when the temperatures are really cold. You need to learn how to fall and learn how to do self-rescue in comfortable temperatures so that you're not putting your health at risk. So depending on the cold water conditions, you need a wetsuit or a dry suit. I went to the BoatSafe website, BoatSafe.com, to grab this description of the difference between a wetsuit and a dry suit because I didn't really know the difference myself until I went to that expo. For starters, as the name implies, a dry suit keeps you dry. A wetsuit is designed to offer thermal protection and works on the principle that the best heat source you have underwater is your body. As soon as you dive in or fall into the water, this wetsuit allows a small amount of water through its material, which forms a thin layer between the suit and your body. Gradually, your body temperature, your body heat, warms up this thin layer of water, which maintains your natural body temperature. This helps keep you insulated from the cold water outside the suit. Now, a dry suit is one that keeps you completely dry. Unlike wetsuits, dry suits don't let in any water at all. It's fully sealed with a tight combination of wrist seals, waterproof zippers, and a neck seal to keep your body completely dry. Unlike wetsuits, dry suits fit a lot more loosely and allow other insulating clothing layers to be added underneath. They're also kind of expensive, like in the starting at $900 to $1,200. So a wetsuit is definitely cheaper, but a wetsuit kind of restricts your movement too. So it also kind of depends what you're most comfortable in, what you can afford, what you want to afford to maintain. 
So that's the difference between a wetsuit and a dry suit. And I recommend one of those two pieces if you are going to be paddling in colder waters. Now, some more things that I bought. From the NRS website, I also ordered several dry bags for keeping items dry in the boat. You load up your things. It might be your food. It might be your phone. It might be a speaker, whatever it is, your camping supplies. And you put those into a dry bag. You fold them up and you seal them so that when you fall in, if everything falls out of your boat or if water gets in your boat, you're not ruining the things that you bring. You can also use those to put a change of clothing in. So that if you do fall in the water, you have some dry clothes handy. Another safety item everyone should have on their PFD is a rescue whistle that can be used to get help in case of emergency. It should be on your PFD all the time. I bought one from the Coast Guard at Canacopia, so I had mine already. But as long as we're talking about necessities and things that should be on your boat, I wanted to make sure I mentioned this. Also, always, always, always wear your personal flotation device your life vest. Accidents happen. By definition, we don't plan for an accident. If you fall in the water, you want to be able to rescue yourself. Now, on my Amazon list, I added things like waterproof socks, which I will say, I walked right into the water to get my boat in and my feet stayed dry and toasty warm. I also ordered the NRS wet shoe so that my feet would stay warm And I combined both of these items for my first outing and absolutely loved the feeling. I hate being cold and I was very, my feet felt perfect, the perfect temperature. I ordered my paddle from Amazon also, again, because of this problem finding the wide varieties of exactly what we want in the sizes that we want here in Kansas City. So I ordered my paddle from Amazon. I wanted a bent shaft paddle because it should be better on my wrists over the course of four long days of paddling. And I'm linking all of these things in the show notes so you can check out the brands that I bought if you want to see them. Now, thinking about transporting my boat, my vehicle doesn't have a trailer hitch. And I was struggling to figure out where to attach the stern and the bow tie-down connectors. So I ordered some kayak tie-down straps that have like a little hook that goes underneath the hood and underneath the hatchback of the car. So I have something to connect those straps to to keep my boat nice and sturdy so it doesn't fly off, let's say, again, thinking about safety, if I would get in an accident. I also bought a small manual bilge pump for getting water out of the boat if I capsize or if I get too much water collecting as I paddle. And I ordered a sea kayak rescue paddle float, which... I was informed at one of our recent gatherings that you use this if you get out of the boat. You would pull this out, slip it on your paddle blade, inflate it with your mouth, and then your paddle floats. And you can use this as a flotation aid so that you can use your paddle as leverage to help you climb back into your boat. As far as camping goes, I ordered a two-person tent and a sleeping bag a collapsible lantern that is solar-powered that claims to be able to also charge your phone. I don't know how well those things like that work, but we will give it a try when we go camping. And a set of four moving bags that have zippers and can be used to carry items from your vehicle to your kayak or from your kayak to a campsite or just to store the massive amount of straps and tie-downs and miscellaneous items 
that you start to collect that those you never know when you're going to need them type things, you can put them all in a bag like that. I know I have a lot of purchases yet to make, but for now, you are caught up on my initial purchases. In the next episode, I want to start telling you about the actual training for the MR340. They have some amazing resources, so information is not hard to find. It's just a bit scattered. So on the next episode, I'm going to tell you what some of those resources are and how I'm organizing them to make them more useful for myself. I will catch you next time. Make life an epic adventure. There will never be a better time than now to discover what you're truly capable of. So go ahead, take that first step, even if it feels scary. Do it anyway. Thank you for listening to the Palo Sports Lifestyle. If you enjoyed this show, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review. See you on the water.